Welcome to The Catalyst, where we explore creative ideas to spark innovation in an unhealthy healthcare system. I'm your host, Dr. Lara Salyer, a physician and mom of three who is reimagining the way I practice medicine after suffering and overcoming burnout. Join me as I teach you how to optimize flow and catalyze your own revolution in healing. Tune in for candid conversations with leading experts in conventional and holistic healthcare who dare to believe a better future is possible for all of us. Life is made of teeny catalytic moments of immense impact. When strung together, the transformation is magical. Join us and let's color outside the lines. Yep, we are all doomed if we can't control this. In this episode of the Catalyst Podcast, I'm talking about tamponading your brain's excess energy. Every day, I'm helping independent holistic practitioners run a flow-channeled and creativity-driven practice. But one common thread unites us all, and that is the thread of self-sabotage. Yeah, I know. We've talked about this already, but it's a recurring theme. And until we can deal with the way that our brain just wastes energy and thoughts of perfectionism, imposter syndrome, or rigid thinking, we aren't of good help to ourselves or our patients. This is not just functional and holistic medicine. However, that is definitely complicated because when you start diving deep into holistic and functional medicine, you start seeing it's connected to everything. So imposter syndrome is a real big deal. Once you pull on that little thread in the web of holistic and functional medicine, you see it's connected everywhere. For example, if you want to just concentrate on hormones, you start talking about hormones and you realize mold and mycotoxin can affect hormones and plastics and chemical toxins and pesticides and gut dysbiosis. And it feels like you have to know everything before you can start practicing functional holistic medicine. And that's what gets a lot of us feeling downtrodden. And dare I say, we can burn out even on things that we love. So in this episode, I'm going to walk you through what I did during a mentorship session with one of our catalyzers. I've changed all identifying features, including any mention of names or specifics to their website or practice, but the lessons are gold. Even if you're not an independent practitioner, the way we talk about how to utilize our brain's energy will be helpful no matter where you are. So let's get going. All my sessions start where we left off. I like to hear what my catalyzer has been doing and where they're at in the roadmap. We have five pillars. It begins with imagining their masterpiece, their outcome, things like values and culture and what they want to concentrate on. Then we talk about finding their specific tools, whether it's tech or people. We streamline their solo processes, getting them more efficient at charting before we proceed to amplifying. And that has to do with outsourcing and hiring staff, using group visits or membership. And finally, parade. The last pillar is parading with testimonials and feedback and what is next? What kind of self-care and evolution will carry them forward to the next cycle? Now, in this instance, this mentee had already refined the niche. She had her values, her mission, her purpose. She even had her tech tools. She's progressing through the stages. She understood her legal limits and disclaimers. She found her flow blockers. And so today we came and I started the Saturday question to help us focus. Her main issue 
was, I feel so distracted. I feel like I'm not ready. I'm taking forever to see my patients. And I feel like I don't know it all. So I paused and I asked her my favorite question, which is the Saturday question. If you were given a Saturday, a free Saturday with no expectations, what topic in your field of interest would you freely be excited and geek out to read and learn more? You see, this focuses us because, of course, as avid learners, medical practitioners really enjoy almost every color and texture and article that you would read in medicine. From tip to toe, it can be fascinating on some level. And as somebody who loves to multitask, I can tell you, I probably could read any article and find some nugget of an interesting factoid that I will clearly and quickly forget the moment we play Trivial Pursuit. But nonetheless, asking a Saturday question to yourself, what would you enjoy learning about on a free Saturday? It suddenly brings everything back. I could see the passion in her eyes as she went to discuss something that was slightly different than what we thought in her prior session. You see, our core values are there, but they can shift. And sometimes we uncover new things that we want to learn about that really sit even more central to our mission and purpose. So as we uncovered this new answer, slightly nuanced, we were able to shift her tagline and her mission and purpose just a little bit because that is going to vaccinate her against burnout. When you know you're waking up and you're learning and researching and helping patients that are directly aligned with your perfect Saturday morning, it's a lot harder to have you suffer from depersonalization or low perceived achievement or emotional exhaustion because you're aligning with exactly what you want to learn about. So once we had that Saturday question under our belt, then I start with the top of the flow cycle, which is struggle. All of us need a little bit of challenge to get into flow. And so I asked her, what is the bottleneck? What is the struggle that is bubbling up today that you want to work on? Like I mentioned before, she said, you know, I'm just not efficient. I'm new. I'm recently certified with functional medicine. I'm still developing my systems. I don't even know if I have a system. I'm not even ready. I'm feeling uncertain. I don't feel very confident. And this is the key to a great mentorship is vulnerability. I thanked her so much for being candid and telling me how she was feeling. I love mentorship. I have many of my own. And my favorite mentors were those that would let me just speak candidly and be vulnerable, let my hair down and explain where I'm at. Because living out your dream and learning how to shape your masterpiece into something you love, it takes vulnerability. There's sharp edges that I don't like to see, but you can learn to work with those shadows and learn to work with those sabotages and quirks and see the better perspective that you can create. So she was on fire because once she explained that she was lacking confidence, all we have to do is what do we do to fill up your confidence bucket, right? What things? So we brainstormed. She identified a lot of things. Like we had said before, it feels like everything relates in holistic functional medicine. When she would see a new webinar or a new conference come across her email inbox or social media feed, she felt like she just had to sign up for it. I mean, it's going to relate to her specific niche. She has to say yes to everything. So guess what? She had signed up for four and five conferences 
And now she's overloaded. She's trying to learn and consolidate these notes and find ways to organize them. And she can't even apply them to the patients she's seeing because it's a never ending list of new things that she feels like she needs to accomplish. And guess what? This is paradoxically fueling her imposter syndrome because all she sees is this mounting list of topics that she doesn't quite know yet. She hasn't mastered it yet. So now her brain is primed and will start noticing patterns of everything else to confirm that it is right, that that perception of imposter syndrome is correct. So what happens? Every time we scroll on social media, we start noticing all those other people that seem to be getting it right. They're tripling their income, or they're an expert in this or that, or maybe someone's living out our dream. And that's exactly what we want to do. And guess what? We've dug ourselves into a hole that is also labeled pre-burnout. When your brain wants to be correct, it's going to find those patterns that match its assumptions. And if you are feeling just a tiny bit like an imposter, guess what? Your brain's going to find evidence to support that. And this is how we can burn out on passion. So first I had her stop that hemorrhage, tamponade that brain from wasting all this unnecessary energy. I had her look for flow triggers. Flow triggers are things that will help us get into flow, have a release and get lost in the moment. We're almost on autopilot, similar to the Saturday question. That's why I start with that. What do you want to learn about on a Saturday? What could you lose three hours, four hours into your day and not even blink an eye? Those flow triggers are important. And as you know, flow triggers like nature and comedy, they produce dopamine. Things like a good mood or gratitude, those are all great flow triggers. But what else is a flow trigger is confidence boosters. Look for people that help you feel like you're in a safe space, that you can be vulnerable that you admire, maybe that you can learn from. So her homework assignment was find more flow trigger people. Of course, being a mentor is a flow trigger for me. I feel just as much energy helping a mentee as they might for me. It's very synergistic. And I feel the same about my mentors. So people can be your flow trigger. And if you're feeling a lack of confidence, find people that can help fill that bucket. They can help nudge you into flow by encouraging you it can even be just an accountability partner. That's why co-working spaces online were so successful during the quarantine. You met up with people online and just agreed to spend an hour together working in silence and it became like an accountability boost. These are flow triggers. So if you're feeling lack of confidence, start looking at places that you can learn, people that help you feel safe and listen to your body. If your gut feels uneasy or there's not, can't put your finger on it, but somebody said something that just didn't land right. Honor that. You don't have to partner up with people that don't help you feel supported. Look for others. Then we went on to flow blockers. Flow blockers are those things that obviously block flow. They distract you. They get your brain off task and they can trigger that imposter syndrome. And like I said, we're all doomed if we cannot understand our own flow blockers and learn to avoid them. So sometimes the distractions come in social media. For example, if you feel even a little bit triggered because you're seeing all these people who quote unquote have made it and are successful, well, then hide them. 
mute them, block them. I know it sounds immature. Of course, we'd all like to be our best self, but you know, if you're lacking caffeine, you had a poor night of sleep and you're rolling out of bed and you're trying to get going and motivated, all it takes is a little wisp of something just to be subconsciously planted in your brain as you're scrolling. And it's enough to derail your best attention. And it's also going to get you off track. So just admit it and say, I'm just better if I just if I just eliminate some of these distractions. Once you cultivate a very safe and nourishing social media space for yourself, it can feel personalized. It can feel like your best asset. And then it gets easier because when something ends up growing there like a weed, you can pluck it out real quick because it doesn't belong in your nourishing space. You want things that will uplift you. And if it's causing more anxiety, then consider snoozing it or blocking. And then her second flow blocker was an assignment to stop signing up for more conferences unless they're 100% related to that specific passion. And I'm not talking like use your imagination because we can all say everything's related, but really, if you feel lit up and 80% of those topics as you're scrolling through that agenda, 80% are making you excited, that might be a great conference. But since this mentee has already signed up for five conferences. My next instruction was go ahead and attend them, but save them. Organize the content into a, a Google folder somewhere on your computer or in your cloud. If you don't have time to attend those conferences, then just download the material and make a timer, a reminder for yourself to look at it later. Right now, we need to focus. That is what will get you into flow and prevent burnout. So that's exactly what we did. In the second half of our mentor session, we talked about streamlining. That was her identified bottleneck. She was slow. She was feeling like everything was personalized and taking a lot of time. So we started by identifying what were the biggest time wasters in her day. She walked through her day and found that it's a habit that she'll go through the entire intake form with a new patient. And that is something that a lot of us find easy to do. There's a lot there. The problem is not all of it, in fact, most of it is not going to help you make clinical and medical decisions. Granted, it's great to know a patient's story. It's certainly part of their important tapestry of their health and how they're not healthy. But to go through each line item is repetitive and redundant. So I challenged her to pick three to five to concentrate on. When we are functional and holistic practitioners running a cash-based practice, we fall into the trap of feeling like we need to justify our value with detail. Patients are spending their cash on our services. So sometimes we think that a two-hour visit is going to show that we did a lot of work or that we go through their intake form line by line by line. And that's just not a good use of anybody's time. When a physician or a practitioner asks a lot of questions that can actually be healing in and of itself. Many patients have said, nobody's ever asked that question before. Thank you. It was really good to talk about it, but it's up to us as clinicians to pick out the top priorities that make sense at that time. There's no rule that says you can't go back and, and tackle more later, but right now, what are the top three to five that would help move that patient closer to feeling better and achieving their goals. That's what I had my catalyzer concentrate on. 
picking three to five that she felt confident that she had some handle on and could start momentum with that patient because that will help you with wins. When you start seeing what you can do for a patient's healing, they start feeling better. That momentum is going, you're in flow and suddenly you have more energy that you've untapped and you're able to get more ideas and more bandwidth for more conferences later. But right now we have to get good at what we're good at. So the second thing I had her do after identifying that intake form as a big time waster, as we looked at what could her EMR template for her. Most EMRs, it doesn't matter which one you have, have ability for you know, chart parts, dot phrases, quick texts, whatever you want to call them. They're trying to help you out by giving you an opportunity to simplify and pre-write certain paragraphs or methods that you could easily drop into any note. And yes, I know it can feel like you have a whole list of things that you would love to have templated. Well, so do I, which is why I keep a piece of paper at my desk every time I'm talking to a patient and I feel that prickly sense of, I feel like I've said this so many times this week, that goes on my template list. And once a week, I spend an hour tackling some of those templates and it still goes on to this day. It's, it's a nurturing process that you're always going to be streamlining your charting, but you've got to start somewhere. And so for her, I said, think of your top 15 to 20 ICD-10 codes, template those. So you don't have to search for each patient. You might think it only takes a few seconds, but compound that over a week and you're wasting precious minutes of your time when it may be easier just to click your top few codes. And if you're not dealing in an insurance model, you don't have to obsess over which codes pick the most common. Secondly, Look at the common labs. Don't try to learn all the specialty functional testing. It's impossible. Um, I started with just three labs until I got really good at interpreting those. And then I add on. And that's my rule right now is I don't learn a new test unless I feel very comfortable with the current ones that I have under my belt. So I challenged her to pick three to five common laboratory tests that she's going to focus on, get really good at. And then once she's more comfortable, move on after that. The next part is play pretend. Pretend like you have your own expert formulary. You don't need to know all the supplements. In fact, I started with one supplement company. Now I have about three that I'm comfortable with and I can be familiar with what, what's on their formulary. But I have my own personal formulary. And I pick from that. It helps save my brain energy so that I'm not wasting all this unnecessary decision and searching. And if you still feel not so confident, set a timer on how long you'll allow yourself to look on full script or Wellovate or your favorite supplement company. Limit your research time to five minutes and whatever you found can help that patient. Her next assignment is identify what she hates. In a magic world with a magic wand, I would love to wave it and have my laundry all pre-folded, have gas be 99 cents a gallon, have there be no world wars. Of course, that's all very draining. But you know what else is draining? All the tiny little things in our day. So make a list of what you hate and either don't do it or start templating it out so that you can outsource it later. This catalyzer doesn't have a virtual assistant yet. She hasn't reached that Amplify stage yet where we talk about hiring staff, but that doesn't mean that she can't start easing her brain load. 
I started writing SOPs, standard operating procedures, long before I hired staff because that helped me outsource my own brain. You'd be surprised how hard it is and how much of a waste of brain energy to think back, oh yeah, what's the website I go to order that one lab test kit and what's the next step and where's my NPI number and you get the point. So I started writing my own SOPs just to save my own brain. And that's why it was so easy to hire staff because when I was ready and had the finances, I could just give them the Google folder and it's already done. So what can you do in your day that you could start writing an SOP for? And it could even be as something as your beginning and ending routines. What do you power up in the beginning part of your day? Do you have a certain spot that you like to keep your coffee on your desk? A certain order for your folders, the way you want your desktop to appear. Standardize the start and the end of your days. When you're powering down, do you like to do a stretch? Maybe a little meditation. All of these things are great because the more routines you have that are automated, you're less likely to forget you can ease back into that safety net that you have your systems down. With each decision that's different every day, it can be taxing on our brain. Remember, it likes predictability and it starts to feel frantic when there is no predictability. Finally, if you can't outsource it, learn to develop other systems that keep you focused, whether it is apps like the Pomodoro Timer or certain email apps like Boomerang that help you send emails back out into the ether space and then return to your inbox later. Those are great tools that can help you save that precious brain energy. In conclusion, she had one last little thing to do. Play pretend. Playing pretend by looking at ways to gamify your day or practicing. So a lot of our practitioners learn that medical care can be delivered outside of the four walls of the exam room. And so we utilize things like group visits or online courses. We also talk about membership and ways that we can help patients get healthy that don't require one-on-one time. See, the problem with group visits is many of us are scared. We don't have a model yet, right? Unless you're in the Catalyst Mentorship, we have our Catalyst group visits. And before you're comfortable running that style of group visits, it can feel very daunting. So her assignment was to play pretend. Commit to running a group visit every week for two months, but don't invite anybody. Just do it for yourself. That gets you in the habit of being accountable once a week, that you will show up at a certain time, and you can record them. You can have a small slide set of three to five slides. And keep a list of things that you find that you're repeating over and over every week. Maybe you talk about an elimination diet all the time, or maybe it's the onboarding process or how to change or reschedule your appointment, anything, but practice showing up once a week and recording a mini webinar that nobody will see. Guess what? That gets you over your perfectionism. It gets you over this idea that you have to say everything correctly, that you can't stumble or stutter that you have to be professionally polished. Nobody wants that now. People want real humanistic connection. That's what they need in a provider to help them heal. So as you practice doing these faux webinars or faux group visits, you're going to find it's easier than you think. Showing up consistently, recording them. Suddenly after two months, you have eight episodes, eight videos that you can drop into a visit summary and it eases all of those tasks that you have to explain. You can say, I have a five to 10 minute video explaining this process on how to submit your test kit. 
you can watch it here. And that's one way you can start using this flow and gamification to help ease and streamline your practices. Before we knew it, an hour was up and she was a lot more motivated than when she walked into our session. She had a clear list of tasks in her action plan. Every mentee gets a Google document at the end of their session that outlines what we had talked about during our session. So she was able to reference back and keep herself focused on some of these key items and tasks that she identified. To round out the experience, she's going to revisit the Time Wizardry course, which actually is available for public. If you'd like to tap into those powerful resources of how to block your own time in your calendar and become a wizard of time management so that you can create your own flow cadence, consider purchasing the course, Time Wizardry. It's available on drlarasalier.com. And if anything, be aware from one thing to learn from this episode is tamponade your brain. If you find yourself wasting precious brain energy with extra decisions, repetitive thoughts, self-sabotage feelings of imposter syndrome or perfectionism, check yourself. Find out where that lives in your body and keep yourself accountable. Create a little playbook. Next time that happens, what will you do differently so you don't fall into that trap? Because the world needs you. We need you to be anti-burnout. We need you to be catalyzing your own masterpiece, helping everyone get healthier in your own unique and innovative way. Thank you for listening and keep coloring outside the lines.